Okay, I'd like to start this podcast by you telling everyone <laughs> where we are. No, I've got a gob full of popcorn because we are at the Dendy, about to see <coughs> Maverick. Highway <laughs> to the danger zone. <laughs> well, now, the first thing Crab asked me when she arrived was, what was my excitement on a scale of one to a hundred? And she was... Cause, She's been texting me all week with, like, little memes and saying things like, I feel the need, the need for speed and stuff. And, and I was just, when I walked in, she was sitting there quietly reading a book and she didn't look, I thought she'd be like a, you know, like a Labrador that hasn't been walked for about a week that's been, you know, shown a leash. But she um, was pretty controlled. Yeah, that's because I was distracted by the book. It just brought me sort of into a different world. But now that I'm back and we're sitting directly oh in front of a poster yeah. of um, Tom Cruise. We've just asked a very nice young man to leave because we were prowling around the venue looking for a, for a, for a Maverick poster. And the one that the only one that there is here at Denny Newtown, where they're too cool to go over the top of our Top Gun, um, had a man sitting in front of it, you know, reading. <laughs> so we just sort of lurked around him. And then eventually I went up and said, look, I'm really sorry. We're incredibly childish and we would like to take our photos next to that thing. And he looked slightly taken aback, but then he said, as he walked away, he was like, yeah, it's fine. I, I, I got I one too. earlier. <laughs> <laughs> now, he was what, definitely here seeing something at Art House, I think. Now, I have heard very good word of mouth about this. A lot of my school friends have already been and everyone said it's just a rollicking good time. Well, that's hilarious because none of my school friends have been but my kids have been like oh. my my 12 year old son said it was awesome oh great so but like just looking at the poster how much work has that guy had like top cruise must be 65 by now right i thank oh, you right. that's us um i i mean i don't know he looks on, I, I i i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean like a lot of things about tom cruise i just i don't know yeah. Now, can I also, um, I think what we should do is at this point, because now we're going to go see the film and then, so this is part one of the pod. <laughs> I think we need to get Anthony to do a previously on, Anthony who produces our um, podcast, previously on Chat 10 and go right back to when they announced several years ago now that they were going to do a Top Gun sequel. And I effectively made you write fan fiction. Most redundant use of the word effectively ever. Mm. <laughs> so we had to, I said to Crab, let's write what we think the plot of the new Top Gun might be, you know, all of these years on. And so let's go back and have a listen to what we predicted and then we'll come back after we've seen it. <laughs> that assignment that you set for me, you were so excited about and you had done, you'd written yours about 25 minutes after you had the idea and you kept like have you done your thing yet oh it's such fun it's such funny i'm like oh my god all right i was imagining you at like 1am after you'd written a column and had kids with gastro going oh god we've got to do that podcast tomorrow bloody sales wants me to write a bloody pretty sure that's what happened (laughs) all right so here's previously on I threw down the challenge that we have to write a brief plot synopsis for what the sequel will be. Crab agreed. Oh, mine's not a synopsis. Now she's staring daggers at me. It's Mine's not even a synopsis. It's just a... <laughs> Some dot saying, points. Some, yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> dripping with bitterness. All right, basically. you do, you do yours like, first. Well, do you know how much I've been looking forward to I it? I know. But you're, I looking forward to, been... you're, you're looking forward to it is entirely solipsistic. You're just looking forward to the fun of reading your funnier one <laughs> out to me. No, I literally have been looking forward to hearing what you've come up with. Occasionally I've been like, like The most telling moment here was when you suddenly just came up with this idea last time we met and then revealed <laughs> that you'd already written yours. Man. Okay. Hit me, volume. Okay. Okay. So the new movie is, uh, is, as I understand it, called Maverick. Mm-hmm. And it's about 
the same old dude mm-hmm. 34 years later. I mean... I just wonder if we're going to have come up with basically the same stuff. Oh. I reckon we have. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> Top Gun. Maverick. Okay. I'm not going to do an American accent, okay? No. 34 years ago, he was the brilliant but flawed naval airman, breaking hearts and breaking rules. Today, he's lost none of his unpredictable ways. Out of a seemingly clear sky, suddenly, he appears. He's all over you, diving, bombing, strafing. You don't know his real name. He seems never to sleep. He's bold, arrogant, risky. He's looking to inflict damage. He's been everywhere. He knows everything. He knew that Donald Trump was going to win in 2016 and that Bill Shorten was going to lose in 2019. He thinks wind power's a crock and Me Too's a conspiracy. He's pretty sure the Clintons killed Jeffrey Epstein. He's got some thoughts about how lame Lee Sales is at interviewing and he won't hesitate to explain this to her directly. He's 63 years old. He has 126 Twitter followers. Meet at Maverick. (laughs) That is very good. And, yeah, we are in the same ballpark. Oh, God, no. Totally different stylistically, but we are in the sort of same terrain. Okay, here we go. After the most obvious extended foreplay sequence in film history, that between Maverick and Iceman in Top Gun, (laughs) the Top Gun sequel opens with the pair married and living in the suburbs of Virginia raising two teenage sons. (laughs) Iceman has risen through the ranks to become chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff as befits somebody of his maturity, common sense and meticulous attention to detail. You always love that guy. Maverick is a stay-at-home parent, a role he's taken on with bitterness and resentment after finding his career stalled thanks to one too many hungover arrivals at work off the back of night singing Jerry Lee Lewis and downing tequila shots. Maverick has the look of a man about two and a half months off going completely to seed. Iceman and the other service chiefs are trying to persuade President Trump to abandon an insane plan to launch precision military strikes on New Zealand. New Zealand? You say incredulously, why New Zealand? Viewer, it's Donald Trump. The Navy has brought Maverick back on a contract basis as he's the only pilot anybody knows narcissistic and childish enough to form an immediate close personal bond with President Trump. The plan is for Maverick to dissuade Trump from going ahead with the mission, but if that fails, Maverick is also the only pilot the Navy has that A, would be foolhardy enough to fly the plane launching airstrikes on Tiawamutu, and B, that the Navy wouldn't mind sacrificing permanently in some pointless mission. On his second day in the job, Maverick bumps into Kelly McGillis, now Pentagon spokeswoman. Kelly gives him a look that unmistakably says, I am almost physically ill at the thought that I ever slept with you. <laughs> Maverick does that sharky broad smile thing where he insists on holding eye contact for an uncomfortably long period of time before slowly putting his sunglasses on. <laughs> um... <laughs> You've watched this movie too many times. <laughs> yeah. It occurs to me. McGillis immediately reports him to her superior for sexual harassment. Hashtag me too. Take my breath away. Starts to play. God, Late- another whole pack. <laughs> Later-, <laughs> Later that week. I was looking at that staple and worrying. <laughs> my worst fears confirmed. <laughs> she flaps open the first page. There's heaps more. I mean, press pause. Get a couple. <laughs> okay, here we are. <sighs> 
Later that week, Maverick hits the bar and bounces over to a group of pilots half his age. Hey, are you Wolfman's secretary, honey? He asks the young woman. No, I'm Goose's daughter, dipshit, and I'm a three-star general, she says. And Dad would still be alive if not for you being an irresponsible little punk who encouraged upside-down flying and other teenage boy stunts. So how about you go fuck yourself, Maverick? (laughs) Iceman is watching from the other side of the bar, giving Maverick the identical look we earlier saw on Kelly McGillis' face. (laughs) After Goose's daughter's outburst, things are a bit weird and awkward at the bar, and nobody's making eye contact, so Maverick downs his shot and shouts, I feel the need! Everyone looks at him in bafflement as he goes on looking at them expectantly. The need! Still nobody budges. For speed! He finishes to total silence. I think it's time we got you home, Iceman says between clenched teeth as the younger pilots immediately stand to attention and salute the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Maverick ultimately dissuades Trump from going ahead with the New Zealand mission and the film ends with the two heading to Mar-a-Lago for a round of golf. Credits roll. Cue Highway to the Danger Zone. (laughs) Wow. Well, we're glad to see that movie now. <laughs> Some serious time wasting <laughs> that know. went on there. That- How long did that take you? Oh, it was actually while Chris was blow drying my hair and makeup, so 15 minutes. Oh, poor Chris. He has to see some scenes, doesn't he? <laughs> I think I read it aloud to him. He was just like, what? What are you doing? What I've explained, because of course I was like feverishly right. the person who co-hatched the um, Freddie Mercury dress-up plan, so I don't feel that sorry for him. <laughs> He's used to my cockamamie schemes. Yeah, he was... Um, I was feverishly working. I think he thought I was like preparing for an interview with the Prime Minister or something, and then, no, it turned out I was writing <laughs> Much more gun. technically demanding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, hello again. <laughs> Annabelle Crabb, your take? <laughs> I, I, I have many emotions, <laughs> honestly. I just, the moment where you leaned over and said, see, this is like, Maverick is like me on election night, and you are Rooster. <laughs> You could find any point of identification with that film. Actually, seriously worries me. <laughs> the um, it was pretty much exactly what I expected and hoped for. I.e., absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it's beyond ridiculous, <laughs> but entertaining. Uh, look, shockingly, yes. I mean, once you kind of get past the believability window, I mean, for me, I think we possibly edged over that ledge the moment they decided, uh, you know, really um, at short notice to bomb a target in Iran and uh, made it there in a fighter in about four minutes. <laughs> you, you, I realised at a certain point how little we basically understood about anything that was going on when in about the first ten minutes you, you leaned over to me and said, do you know what Mac means? <laughs> yeah. As in like Mac 9, Mac 10. And I said, absolutely no idea. And I then just discreetly googled what is mark 10 and then um basically my phone showed me all these scooters <laughs> and then i think you then leant over and said so should we, we just assume mark 10's more than mark 9 i went yeah i think so <laughs> I think, yeah, we'll take that as red sorry everybody i completely lost it at one point and was cry laughing with tears running down my face and it was when so his boss in this there's his old boss ed harris appears for about three seconds and then his new boss is john ham from Mad Men, um and it had to have been about the 18th time that um, Maverick had done something naughty and been bailed out by John Hamm. I was thinking, how many times does one dude have to help himself to a highly classified piece of Navy machinery, fly it around without permission, be called in and balled out and not get the sack? It just never happens, apparently. <laughs> never, ever happens. Um, also, look the, look, the message from the movie was me. Well, for me was that, look, there's no 
ancient uh, rivalry or grudge or emotional difficulty that two men can't sort out uh, as long as they have access to about a billion dollars worth of uh, military hardware and um, some angry Iranians. Yeah, absolutely. And also there's um, there was a bit at the end where, because uh, Goose's son is in it for anyone who's seen the original, and um, they kind of just hug it out, don't they? Like They never actually verbalise any of their issues. One of them just punches the other one on the arm and then they have a hug and we're all good. Yeah, there's a there's a shoulder punch scene that certainly seemed very um, just uh, epiphanic for both men. <laughs> i tell you who did a lot of good acting actually with very few words was Val Kilmer. Yeah, right, well, because in real life Val Kilmer has lost his voice because he had throat cancer, I think, so he does some extremely impassioned typing in the film, which actually works. Yeah, it, it, and he kind of, um, they've built into it that Iceman is unwell um, and... Yeah, he just manages to kind of, with his facial expressions and a few gestures and stuff, he actually does, they did quite well with that. It was quite touching, I thought. Look at you. Look at you. You've you've totally drunk the the jet fuel. You're high on Avgas right now. It's just like, I think it's just sort of so preposterous that you kind of shift all your general perceptions of plausibility or even acting. I mean, what the hell was, um, what's her face doing in it? I mean, what happened to... Jennifer Connelly? Yeah. Yeah. What happened to... What happened Kelly McGillis? Kelly McGillis. I got no idea. Well, I'll tell you what happened to Kelly Kelly. McGillis. She is well and happy and living as a lesbian in a post-acting, you know... Oh, so she didn't want to be in it. Well, I don't know if they even asked her because uh-huh. I don't... She's she's sort of left acting and also she's, I assume, not as hot as Jennifer Connelly. That would have to be it, right? Well, that was what I assumed. And, I mean, I've read some stuff that's talked about isn't it wonderful that he's got, like, an age-appropriate love interest? He's still 10 years older than her, right? Right. Well, At least. Like, he must be 80 by now, right? <laughs> I mean, that face couldn't be a day over 21, but, you know... <laughs> He is, I do think, look, and I, 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 I completely hear what you're saying that I've just been sucking back on the jet fuel, but um, he has got to be one of the last great movie stars, don't you think, Tom Cruise? Yes, because he's absolutely ludicrous. Like, I mean, when I was watching the sort of um, credits just now, I was thinking, like, Tom Cruise is so weird. Like, what, what is he doing right now? I mean, he could be doing, like, he might be having a bath in Fanta or, like, I mean, nothing <laughs> that you could tell me that Tom Cruise is doing right now would actually surprise oh. or shock me. Well, I mean, he's been so famous for so long. I mean, his life must bear zero resemblance to a normal person's life. You'd have to think, right? Well, he's clearly doing a shitload of working out if you have a look oh. at I mean I mean that t-shirt was off within about 5.7 <laughs> seconds I mean it was it was mark 10 getting your kid off I, it's a few years since I've seen the original Top Gun but I do remember thinking the original Top Gun had some just awesome unintentional or slash intentional I'm not sure gay symbolism and I felt like this film didn't quite get there on that sort of front like the sort of tension between um, Maverick and Iceman in the first film that it didn't wasn't quite replicated Possibly because they did include one woman in the group of, you know, however many dudes it was. Yeah, and in the um, traditional, I think we can now call it traditional, highly erotic, uh, topless beach volleyball yes. slash football scene. That was what I was thinking of. With mm, yeah. Didn't she look a right tit jumping around, you know, with her top on? Because, you know, <laughs> and I it, just, as I watched it, I thought, look, you haven't really pulled this off, people. <laughs> look, they did resist putting her in a string bikini or something, though, so I'm going to give full props to that. I'm oh, very confident that there are some outtakes somewhere where that actually happened. Oh, speaking of outtakes, so there was this other inexplicable bit, and again, maybe it's because we just don't know enough about, you know, 
the Navy slash Air Force. I mean, I realised I don't know the difference between the Navy and the Air Force. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> because I thought he's in a plane. I always thought, therefore, that they're Air Force. But no, it's Navy. Yeah, but they land on boats. I think that they're attached to the boats because they need to land on the boats. Yeah, but they're still flying planes. <laughs> um, look, that <laughs> twanging sound you can hear is us arriving at the end of our string of expertise. Twanging. Um, See, previous point about Mac 9, Mac 10. Yeah, also, I feel like... You know how like, when you watch Borgen, by the end of it, you sort of convinced you can speak Danish, but you really can't? You think you can fly a fighter jet? I think I could. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon. Because all those flippity switches seem to work the same. And, I mean, I also now think that I know the difference between, like, a MiG and an F-14 and a, you know... Look, I solved an escape room yesterday, so I think I'm probably pretty sweet <laughs> to fly one of, those, um, one of those jets as well. The other moment that um, I cacked myself was after you had asked about, um, you know, um, flight speeds was that you've actually gone and Googled the distance from California where their base is in the Mojave Desert. Is that where the Mojave Desert's California? Yeah, okay, Google that as well. She holds up she holds up to my face a map showing how long it actually takes to get from California to Iran, as if that's the most significant, implausible plot point. (laughs) Where Rocky is it? Oh, it is. Sorry, it is in California. Sorry, I thought it was next door, but it isn't. Yeah, I I had a moment of wondering if it was like Nevada or Arizona. It's got to be on the border, surely. Don't look that up. Um, Now, the other thing that I realised in that film was. me and John Ham. John Ham is in full ex-husband territory for me, which we have never recovered from the relationship we had in Mad Men, I'm afraid. I look at John Ham now and he's just not handsome to me anymore. I look at him and I've got so much baggage from Mad Men and I just bring it. Oh, wow. No, I've totally moved on. I love John Ham. I won't hear a word against him. And um, for me, what fixed it was when he was in 30 Rock. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, he was great in 30 Rock. He certainly was. Now, moving on, um, I think that there needs to be a trigger warning attached to this film that anybody who works in anything to do with occupational health and safety just should not, absolutely, (laughs) just do not proceed, do not enter the cinema. Because there is so much fatting... uh, There's so much racing about on motorbikes without helmets on. Every every scene. There's not a single scene on a motorbike where they have a helmet on. And what is it about Tom Cruise that whatever age he is, and I don't know how much work he's had on his face, let's assume a lot, um, there is something... There is no surgeon that can prevent prevent Tom Cruise developing that same shit-eating grin whenever he's riding a motorbike without a helmet. It's just like... I love that grin. That's why he's a major movie star. That, that's his thing. That's his shtick. I was happy every time I saw it. I also think Aviator Sonny's going to be coming back off the back of that. That's just such terrible news. He, I mean, n- never did he don a, a helmet to go on the motorcycle, but always donned the Sonny's for that. The other thing was there's a scene where he and Jennifer Connelly are on her sailboat, and it looks really dangerous and rough. No one's wearing a life vest either. But she is, of course, wearing crisp white linen trousers because, of course, you would be. And then she got... Did you notice when she got off the motorbike when they got back to the house how immaculate her hair was? Yes, I did. I also (laughs) noticed that for a lady who had sailed a uh, boat across choppy waters and then thrown her leg astride a grubby old motorcycle, those pants were still in very good nick. Very good nick. Look, I think that they've done... I think it would have been a very satisfying experience for anyone who grew up in the 80s and saw Top Gun because I think they they hit all of the notes um, and 
sort of the nostalgia buttons that would have been, you know, there to be pushed. I think they pushed all of them, including that the soundtrack, um, a lot of the kind of incidental background music is just 80s kind of pop, so you're getting hit with that. They do use Highway to the Danger Zone. They do have a sing-along of, um, not You've Lost That Loving Feeling. Um, Great Balls Great of Fire. Fire. Um, and they have that um, music by Hans Zimmer that's got the dong all the time. I don't know why it, what that's about or what it's for, but they've got that. And then they've got the kind of orchestral theme as well. And then there was only one song I heard that was new, which was it was a Lady Gaga song. She came up in the credits at the start. It was yeah. right at the end. But for the whole rest of the film, they rely on all the 80s nostalgia kind of stuff. So I think if you, um, if you grew up in that era, you came of age in the 80s, yeah, it's going to do it for you. You have actually got that stupid Tom Cruise motorcycle grin on your face right now. It's actually, it's disgusting. Um, look, look, i got to say, um, I thoroughly enjoyed that, partly because of its constituent ridiculousness. It doesn't even go close to passing the Bechdel test. No woman, I think, oh ever spoke to another woman ever in the, except for, you know, suspiciously young Jennifer Connelly. Um, With her daughter. Right, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that reminds me, there was a bit that we also couldn't make head nor tail of, which was... <laughs> Between missions, he shows up at Jennifer Connolly's bar in that white kind of dress uniform, which we were like, is it his angel? Like, I mean, I'm not, no spoiler alerts there, but like, and then you're like, no, I think he's going to propose. And that's exactly what I thought he was doing as well. So I thought they were going to walk out of the bar and get married on the beach or something. And then next thing he's just back on a fighter jet. Yes, I think we may have um, we, we we may have read too much into the white jacket. I mean, who could blame either of us? As, as you said when I asked about it, when the next scene he was doing something different, you were like, "Look, it was it was a white herring." <laughs> <laughs> it didn't seem to have a lot of plot muscularity, but you know. Oh, who cares? Exactly. Uh, it was fun. There's something in it for the whole family. You know what? I think as well as people with nostalgia for the 80s, it would work well for teenage boys who are into computer games because it had a very computer gamey feel, don't you think, on the yeah. missions? Yeah. And, you know, you're watching these planes fly through canyons. That's pretty cool. I mean, look, you know, in the end, my conclusion is it was worth every cent of your money. <laughs> That's right. I was about to say it was $20 well spent, and then I realised, hang on, it's actually $50 well spent because I've had to drag your sorry ass along here. No, look, I think it was a, um, I think it was an entertaining um, afternoon out. Now, um, I think we could probably leave it there, actually, because, frankly, there's not that much more to say about No, there isn't, and this sound is already bad enough, but we'll be back quite soon with another proper podcast, I think. Um, yeah, I think so. Anyway, just enjoy this one and go and see um, Top Gun. Marry. Are we to the danger zone? I love how I've got you into it now, too. Yeah, well...